Hey, want to jump in here and just bring back up episode 250, Toys for Tots campaign put together by Seller Labs. It is such a great opportunity. I was with the seller on Friday. Uh, their team is working on it. I'm very, very excited. This is a chance for you to use the skills that you personally have developed. You've got sourcing muscles. Not many other people have it. And this is a chance where we can take and use our skills to help those less fortunate. All the information's on episode 250. Such a great cause. Give back, give back, give back this time of year. Thanks. Hope your Q4 is going good. It's a great time to be selling and sell a lot. Watch your repricers. I just got whacked on one, lost $15 a unit. I didn't lose. I lost in profit because I should have blocked one. Wasn't paying attention, so please do. Let me tell you about a couple sponsors. Um, you know, Scope from Seller Labs. If you're not using it to even just to take your wholesale accounts, of course you got to use it for private label, right? You need to understand the keyword. You want to understand a keyword, go look at your competitors, get their keywords, and then use them. That's smart business, right? Because they already have proven that proof of concept. But take the same approach to your wholesale accounts. Make sure that those keywords are in there. If not, upload those changes. Many times you can't, but many times you can't. Take advantage. Scope from Seller Labs. Go to sellerlabs.com slash scope. Use the code word momentum. Save a few bucks. Get a few keywords. Get your listings found. Got to find that keyword and scope will be the product that will help you there. Solutions for e-commerce. Karen Locker, you know, again, you hear me talk about her because she is my account manager. She's been doing a great job. Again, I had some stranded listings and I noticed them down there on the bottom right-hand corner. They're gone. I look back and they're gone and I see stuff submitted. I see stuff returned. It's such a great process because I don't have to pay attention to that. I can pay attention to the other parts of our business. Solutions for e-commerce slash momentum will save you 50 bucks. Lowest price she offers and you still get the inventory health report. Take a look at it. Get set up for 2018 now. Tell Karen I sent you. When you're thinking about um, Q4 lists and I hope you don't use them just Q4. I hope you use them all year long. Again, you want to learn how to fish, right? And so the best thing to do when you're buying a list is look at what they're doing and how they're doing it and then figure that out on your own. That's the approach that Gay Lisby uses in her million-dollar arbitrage list. It is closed for the rest of this year. However, I have asked them and they have said they would do it. If there's an opening, they will pull from the wait list. Okay, so I have the link out on my uh, site on this episode that'll have a, uh, a link that'll take you right onto the wait list. So get on the wait list if there's something that you're interested. Remember, she's going to give you a seven-day free trial, so there's nothing to lose. But then once you get in there, take advantage. Learn how to fish, right? Sharpen your tool, you know, sharpen your skills, I guess is the right phrase I should use. Okay, so again, I have that link out on this episode, so jump out there and get on that list. You know, GoDaddy and uh, Grasshopper are both national sponsors of the show. I'm very fortunate. Um, I have a third one coming on in February. I'm very excited about that. But GoDaddy, I use them uh, just with somebody who had a great idea for an, uh, uh, for a domain, and I'm like, use my link, save 30%. 30%. Yes, they pay me. We all know that. However, 30% is real. I use it myself because I want to save the 30%. So it's trygodaddy.com slash momentum right? Try godaddy.com slash momentum and you're going to save 30%. Grasshopper's the same deal. Try grasshopper.com slash momentum and you're going to save 50 bucks. Um, I saw somebody else just signed up for it. The service makes you 
a professional. All of a sudden, your business has a phone number, has a vanity phone number. You can kind of create your own one if it's available. But you don't need a second phone. And I think that's the big thing. It's not Google Voice, which is choppy. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. This is professional stuff. Press 1 for customer service. Press 2 for my Amazon account manager, which would go to Karen's team. I mean, this is a great opportunity. So it's trygrasshopper.com slash momentum. Save 50 bucks. Welcome to the e-commerce momentum podcast, where we focus on the people, the products, and the process of e-commerce selling today. Here's your host, Stephen Peterson. Welcome back to the e-commerce momentum podcast. This is episode 251, Mark Levine. Yes, the bubble fast guy is back and I brought him back for a specific purpose because I've been seeing a lot of people talking about getting back out on multiple channels. The time is now and I know it's fourth quarter and everything's going crazy, but you've got to be planning for 2018 and I think Bubble Fest is a perfect example and Mark has such a great story to help tell it or a way to tell it. Um, about getting and developing and selling on other channels. According to him, he could add another channel in seconds now because of the systems that they put in place. Man, I just hope you hear this. I really think it's so powerful. I've seen some other people talking about struggling, getting blocked on Amazon. Well, this is another option. And Mark has a plan and has done it and it can tell you how. Let's get into the podcast. All right, welcome back to the e-commerce momentum podcast. Excited about today's guest, um, repeat guest, um, episode number fourteen. And actually, I've had him on number one thirty, and this will be the third time. And I think it's the timeliness is the reason that I asked Mark Levine from Bubble Fast to come on back on. Welcome back, Mark. Hey, Stephen. Thanks for having me again. I appreciate you coming on. And fun. <laughs> yeah, well, it it is. Hey, I learned something every single time. But for me. This issue about multiple channels is is hot again. I mean, it's really becoming hot again. It seems like it keeps coming and going in waves. And everybody's like, oh, you got to get on eBay or you got to get on Amazon. And in our pre-show, we were talking a little bit. My experience with Ecom Chicago, which you and your wife and Mark and our, uh, Rich and Nyla put on, um, was fabulous. And, you know, I have no problem talking about it. It was awesome because a couple hundred people in – it's such an easy place to get to Chicago from pretty much most of the U.S. Um, I told Rich this story. As I was leaving, I was literally checking out. There was a gentleman there, and he recognized me. I forget his name. I apologize. But he was from California, and I'm like, oh, wow. I mean, I'm thinking, wow, that's a pretty long way to go. And I said, why'd you come? He said, well, I heard him on your podcast, and I knew it would be a place I can go meet people. I said, well, did it live up to its expectations? He said, Steve, it was like the clouds opened there was something that he learned. I don't know what it was. We didn't get into detail because I was leaving. But he said it was like, it's going to move my business forward. And I'm like, oh, my God. That's so powerful for me to think that I introduced him to your little world, and then you guys blew his mind. Isn't that cool? That's awesome. And the fact that he wasn't from the area. Uh, I do stats every year. And this year was the biggest number. And it, it's 50 I forget, sorry, either 54 or 56% of the people there were not from Illinois. So the perspectives, so, uh, they come 
right, that get expanded, right? Your perspective gets expanded. And so that's very exciting. And you had some unbelievable speakers there. I mean, they're really talent. I mean, real depth of talent. And so it was so inexpensive. It's so convenient. The hotel was very inexpensive relative to the places that we all travel, right? Um, it was, a, it was. I mean, I had a great experience. And it, again, you know, here's the thing, and this, again, one of the reasons I asked you to come on was my, my observation that there were a lot of long-term, larger and largest relative, eBay sellers there. That's what I, I noticed quite a few. And a whole bunch of them were trying to figure out this thing called Amazon. Is that fair? Uh, it's, it's, it is, it is fair. Um, not complete, but it is fair. Right. Um, so there's a lot, there's these conferences that have been springing up. All, just every year, there's just more and more conferences to go to. And most of them, have the word e-commerce in their titles. But for the most part, it's all about Amazon. True. And Ecom Chicago truly is about e-commerce across the board. We we talk about Amazon, we talk about eBay, we talk about Walmart, we talk about Jet. We had somebody there talking about Shopify. I Tried to get somebody to talk about Etsy, but, uh, you know, we'll try that again for next year. But it's the one place where you can truly go and hear about all of the different diversifications in e-commerce that you can go to and examine all of your different possibilities. So, yeah, it's it, there are a lot of people that are looking for alternatives. This group, the Ecom Chicago group, comes from a meetup group in, in Elk Grove Village called the Chicago Area eBay and E-Commerce Meet, uh, sellers meetup group and it does come from a base of ebay sellers starting like 10 12 years ago it, it so so there isn't an ebay base in the group itself and that's why you find a lot of the attendees there have been longtime ebay sellers and every year they come to look for alternatives and amazon has used to be the wild west where anybody could just jump in and you know sell on amazon and make a lot of money um, Amazon no longer is the Wild West. It's very controlled. It's very over-controlled right now. And so the pendulum is actually beginning to swing a little bit the other way, where either people are starting to reconsider coming back to eBay or going to eBay for the first time, or even better, you know, looking at Walmart and Jet and Shopify as alternatives uh, to their e-commerce selling. You've got to get as, as much exposure to the different platforms as possible because Amazon is so tough, you never know when you're going to get your listing suspended, your account suspended, uh, you have all your eggs in one basket, and if you don't have diversification, you're out of business. So let me, let me suggest this. Now, and I think I'm right, um, having been a long-time large eBay seller for a long time, all the changes up until maybe last year, haven't been that material. Now, listing on eBay is a thousand times easier than what it used to be, right? I, I, my opinion. Um, it used to be very complicated. All the third-party hosting, all the third-party software you had to have, it was very complicated. And everything. They've definitely made it a tremendous amount easier. It's a database, right? So they've definitely worked hard on it. Up until, I'd say the last year, though, all the changes, this is Steve's statement, all the changes on eBay have not affected our business that much, that significantly, because I got stuff that I've been selling for that many years, uh, where I bought a hundred of them or whatever, and it's just a vending machine type of thing. However, on Amazon, one month could be 
maybe two months, maybe I'm exaggerating a little bit, but a couple months, the volume of changes on Amazon equal all the changes on eBay up until this point, up until, with, like I said, the last year or so when they changed leadership or what have you. And so what this is where I was going. That's why I wanted to have you on. Um, BubbleFast sells on multiple platforms and has for a long, long time. Um, and to me, that's a very big accomplishment, and I think more people want that. However, you know, I'm thinking about those big eBay sellers, and they're trying to figure it Amazon, but the, it, it, you know, just when they start to dial it in, it changes exponentially again, and then you've got to dial in again. And, and as you said, it's, it's controlled. It's almost over-controlled at this point again. So that's where I wanted to go with the conversation I was thinking about is that no matter what, you need to be on multiple platforms. And I think BubbleFast is a good example of someone who's been, or a team that's been successful for a long time. Um, and if you're comfortable, would you share what percent of your sales are sold by each platform? If that's, if it's too personal, you don't have to, but. No, it's, it's, it's fine. Um, we actually, we're actually, it's, the numbers are a little bit convoluted because we're actually running two separate businesses, BubbleFast with its shipping supply business and doing some shipping supplies on Amazon and some on eBay. And then we have a whole separate business um, that grew out of doing FBA. So one business is predominantly all Amazon. That's what it was intended for um, with a lot of new rules and a lot of the new restrictions. Um, we're not doing 100% Amazon anymore. Maybe we're doing um, 85% Amazon and maybe 10% eBay and we're in, in, or, or 5% eBay, whatever. And then Walmart and Jet are things that we've just brought in um, to that side of the business. So, you know, 80 to 85% we'll say is, uh, is Amazon right now for a company that was specifically created to be 100% FBA. And, and but, wait, let's just stop there a second because I don't want to lose that. So, that, and that's the newer business that was going to be 100% FBA because you didn't want to add more stress on your warehouse. Is that why? What was the thinking? Well, the the real reason for making a separate corporation for the FBA business is sales tax nexus. Ah. Uh, so anything that's in a, a, a nexus warehouse. For Amazon, if we just sell one item to that state, anything that we ship, you know, BubbleFast only has one warehouse area in Illinois. Uh, and if we were doing FBA for all the other type of goods and we had Nexus to deal with with Amazon, uh -huh. then any any item from BubbleFast that was shipped to that state would be subject to the sales tax rules of that state. So to avoid doing that, we created two separate corporations. We, we created a new corporation just to deal with the Amazon side so that Nexus from the Amazon business does not affect sales tax for bubble pass business. Okay. And so so that makes perfect sense. However, now you're suggesting that you've moved back on that direction just a little bit, 15%, but still 15% is 15%, right? Uh, almost two out of 10. They're backing off of that. Why diversify that business too? I mean, I know the answer is going to be dusty, but I just I want to get to that. There, there's a lot of reasons, you know, the obvious ones are that um, with so many, which there's, there's, there's gaining, there's brand restrictions, there's, you know, intellectual property issues. You go out and you buy something from a wholesaler and, and all your tools tell you it's okay to sell it on Amazon. You sell it on Amazon and all of a sudden somebody shuts down that, that listing because it's an IP 
uh, intellectual property violation. Now what are you going to do to all of this inventory? So Amazon has created the environment for us to go out and sell to competitive marketplaces. Hmm. So we've started to sell on Walmart and Jet, and, and we've been selling on eBay since the beginning. Um, you know, part of the reason is because Amazon is forcing us to do that because they won't allow everything we purchase to be sold on their marketplace. That's the over-control part. Eventually, I think the pendulum will swing back the other way and things hopefully will ease up a little bit. But we need outlets for the inventory that we buy from Amazon that we are no longer allowed to sell on Amazon. Um, Go ahead. Well, I was going to ask, how hard is it for you, a mature business? You guys are considered mature. You've been in business a long time. You've got a lot of established uh, uh, policies, procedures, staff, trained, all that kind of jazz. Um, How hard is it? Or was it for you guys to start diversifying, being more mature of a business? Um, Extraordinarily easy. It's a no-brainer decision. Uh, It just makes business sense. Doesn't matter if you're an online business business or not. It's just if you're an investor and you have a stock portfolio, you're you're always taught to diversify. It's the same theory. Um, You can't have everything in one place because if that one place goes away, you go away. So it's been important since the beginning to make sure that we have, uh, you know, it's set into motion that we have, you know, diversification set in place. So, you know, that's why we've had eBay since the beginning. Right. If, if another marketplace opened up uh, Steve's junkyard and it was like the best thing since sliced bread and you're saying this is the future, would it be easy now, given what you've been able to do, to add another marketplace um, to, your, to your model? Uh, what makes it easy to get into other marketplaces it are mostly are third parties that facilitate the implementation for getting into third party uh, to, into other marketplaces. Um, uh, uh, Jet and Walmart are not easy marketplaces to get on or to create listings. There's tough vetting, and uh, Jet doesn't even have a seller central uh, dashboard. Walmart does, but it's not so easy. So you find third-party companies like Co-Merchant, for example, um, is who we use, and uh, they download your inventory from 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 Amazon, for example. Um, you know, set up the new categories for the other marketplaces like Walmart and Jet, and then upload your spreadsheets into them. So for a small amount of money, it's almost hands-off and hands-free, and so it makes it very, very easy with other third parties who specialize in those marketplaces to diversify. So as long as they adapted to Steve's junkyard, you'd be able to adapt instantly. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, and there's no reason why Steve's junkyard wouldn't want them to be adapted. Right, absolutely. Win-win. Because you need, you, need the, you need the vendors. You need, you need the inventory. Okay, um, so that's your FBA business. I, I want to talk about BubbleFast itself. I want to ask this question because this is burning in my brain. I'm just thinking about this. Sure. How different has it been? Maybe it's not from when when you guys started. You know, and and, I, and there's a story about how they got started. Go back and listen to episode 14. It's an amazing story. Um, you will be in tears as I am. Um, but but how different is it today? I mean, when you look at the percentage of the business, you know, versus how much of it was eBay, how much of it was your own website, and how much of it was Amazon. I guess way back then, if if at all, versus it is now, and is it continuing to evolve because I think that that's a precursor a predictor of where the markets are going maybe sure so bubble fast did start in 1999 by selling a single roll of bubble 
on eBay. And eBay was the business at the time, pretty much 100%. But early on, a website, a bubble fast website was developed because you want as much as possible having your own website because you, there's very little fees. There's nobody going to kick you off. And they're your you customers. Off, and they're your customers. That's very, very important. Mm-hmm. I mean, we still have some customers ordering off our website since 1999. Oh, that's cool. The problem with creating your own website is you've got inventory, but you don't have buyers. How are they going to know who you are? And that's always been the issue since day one. Um, and it continues to be that as people try to find ways to get their own online presence. Today, uh, and I'll get back to Bubble Fest, today I definitely recommend um, going to shopping carts like Shopify, for example, that are very inexpensive and very easy to set up your own website. Um, and Shopify integrates with, with almost any other third party out there. That's, that's, that's what makes them so appealing. And you can get apps to do just about anything you want to make to customize your website very easily. And then you find a specialist that can help you create Facebook ads that direct people directly to your listings on Shopify, and you will have all the control. We didn't need to do that back then, first of all, because Shopify didn't exist. Um, We did a lot of shopping until we found the shopping cart that worked best for us. And honestly, bubble wrap and boxes and things like that, it is not what I would call the sexiest product in the world. It's what we would call the picks and shovels of the industry, we are online sellers selling to other online sellers, so they need our product, but they still need to know how to find us. So early on, um, we developed relationships with our buyers by sending out a monthly newsletter called Bubble Briefs. And in that newsletter, we would start out with a little brief tidbit about each one of our kids and family members, um, like just a one-line blurb. Then we would talk about maybe what's new in Bubble Fast. And then maybe at the very bottom, we'd say, this is what's new this month. Here's your promo code, whatever. But we really got our customers engaged in the life of Bubble Fast and his family. And so, like, you know, you know, our kid um, is 16, and uh, we need to buy her a car. So we're running a sale this month. Help us buy our kid a car. You know, we would get emails like, uh, who, are we, who are we helping you put to college, you know, this month? And we still had the same engagement with those customers over the years. And that was very important to us early on. And then we got involved in a myriad of Facebook groups about online selling. We got engaged with them. We gave each Facebook group their own promo code to the Bubble Fast website. So it was an add-on value to that group. And basically, everybody did our marketing for us just by being engaged in the group's on Facebook. And so today, more than 50% of our business is either through our website or emails or phone call orders. More than 50%. Um, yeah, way, I'd say 60% of our business is not from a different online marketplace. It's not from eBay. It's not from Amazon. Um, Amazon and eBay still play large roles in our business. It still helps bring customers to our business. But we do everything we can that's legal um, to maintain relationships with our customers. So they either call us on the phone, which Robin and I are still the only two people that answer the phones. We engage in our customers. We say, even if you don't buy anything, if you have a shipping supply question, give us a call and we'll help you out. And the word spreads. And so 
it's just it's it's old old school marketing you know it's shaking of the hands answering questions networking that has never changed and that never will so you're down to about 40 percent of your business um, coming from either ebay or amazon because well let me ask you is it because of the marketplace changes and you know competition and things like that or would you credit the majority of it to the bootstrap marketing that you spoke of the majority of it is the bootstrap marketing competition is fiercer than ever um, but when people talk about us in their groups even if we don't know about it and they say you know they know us personally because we go to conferences we meet people. They know that we're a family-owned business. We know they know that we're sellers just like they are. Uh, you know, they're not you know just a number to us. You know, or just a, a name in a catalog. Um, people can talk to us, ask us questions. Other people recommend us because we're still true to who we've been since 1999, when the whole online world was tremendously different. Well, then let me ask you this, and let me see if you're going to be a hypocrite or not. Do you have a Shopify site for your FBA business, the separate from BubbleFast? Do you have a dedicated third-party site to sell your merchandise? We are working on several different Shopify sites. <laughs> I was worried. <laughs> we are working on, yeah, on, on for, for our, for our non-BubbleFast businesses. Um, we have somebody de helping us develop, like two or three sites are in the works right now. J uh, one of them is, well, none of them are really live and active. Um, but, I mean, if you wanted to find them, you could. But we're, we're actively working on, on getting Shopify websites up and running for our Amazon-type merchandise. Okay, so you got a plan, right? And this is where I wanted to go. This, this, is why I, I, this is where I really wanted to go. So, do you think... The bootstrap guerrilla marketing that works so well for you to build BubbleFast to what it is today, right? To take a successful company to make it really successful. Is it possible? Is that your plan with your Shopify site? The Shopify sites are going to be non-BubbleFast related. Right. So it's going to be a little bit different. So after we get the sites up and running, then we will be hiring somebody to help us um, do some directly targeted Facebook ads to bring people to those sites. So you get where I'm going, though. I want to know, is it possible, do you believe, that you can replicate what you've done? And I get it that it's different. You're selling sneakers now, not bubble wrap. And then tomorrow you're selling rolling pins and garlic presses and barbecue, whatever it is, right? Is it possible, though, to create enough of a marketplace by doing exactly what, you're, what you've done in the past? Now, it's not maybe going to conferences, it's Facebook ads, or it's uh, blog posts, or it's videos, or whatever it is. Is it possible? And if so, is that how you're helping? I want to make sure we help people go there, because it's just not building a site and then set it and forget it, right? Like you said, there's no traffic. You've got to create so the answer to your question, in my opinion, is absolutely yes. Okay. You got to put yourself out there as an expert in your industry. Mm. And that could be going to conferences. That could be Facebook um, groups, which are flooded. So I think they have less of, of an effect. I myself am learning the power of Instagram 
and 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 how much engagement and how quickly that engagement can take place. Uh, social media marketing um, is here to stay. You just have to stay on top of it and in front of it. And you know, it's never been a good idea to get in social media marketing. Buy my stuff. Buy my stuff. Buy my stuff. It's always been and always will be about engagement. Be there to uh, be the expert and and offer your assistance. Be the nice guy, the nice gal uh, that's going to be there to answer anybody's questions. People will uh, then make referrals for you and get people to go to your mm. site because everybody feels good about helping somebody else. They, that's just human nature. And so if you are the person that helps somebody else, they want to pay it forward and help somebody else and they'll bring them to you. Um, and to me, that's just, it's, that's the way we create our business. And I don't think that's ever going to change. I think it makes perfect <laughs> sense. It, the venues, uh, may change. That's why I say it's important to stay on top and in front of the, ch- of the changes, but you still have to engage the same way. So, when I look at our plan for ourselves, my wife and I, our business, the logical place that we were going is, of course, the Shopify site. Um, but we're looking at a third-party inventory management system because as one of the biggest challenges we have is trying to manage inventory across multiple platforms because we're also a pretty large seller-fulfilled model. There's lots, mm-hmm. of, there's lots of software to do merchant f- or um, to do uh, FBA fulfilled, but we're actually a seller fulfilled model also. And I don't want to change that. I think that that's going to be a, uh, a competitive advantage long term, especially on the East Coast where we're located. And so we're, we're thinking, okay, we're going to find an inventory management software, right? Get that up and running with the Shopify store and then merge out on these other platforms. And so where we're going to spend our time this year learning is exactly what you're talking about is the social media, you know, taking advantage of all these, um, these social media platforms in the right way. Because as you said, you know, that's the engagement. That's the place that you can be the sneaker expert while being the kitchen expert, while being the gardening expert, right? And the bubble wrap and the shipping expert, Correct. Absolutely, yes. So that's our plan. And and I said, so where I wanted to go, where I wanted to end that with is that while you're at that Ecom Chicago conference and you've got to play off the strengths that you have, you know, um, Jeff Cohen and I just did an episode. It's coming out. Um, this will be after it uh, about Toys for Tots. And he's like, look, Steve, Imagine all these thousands of sellers you and I know that are experts at getting a great deal and exponentially um, duplicating their revenue because they can buy for $15 and sell for $100. And so if they take and make that $250 contribution in cost, they can give, you know, $1,500 worth of toys to Toys for Tots. And he's like, you know, that's a, that's a skill set that we've all mastered. And if we could use that for good, look what good we can do. And I'm like, hmm. So then I think about that large group of larger eBay sellers. And that's not a negative. I mean, I, I think that that is a skill set because they've done all the steps that somebody who just went into FBA is missing. And they don't understand all the little things it takes to get that process done that someday they might have to do. Learning it early, I think, is an advantage. But if they take those skills now and then add in these other couple little skills that we were talking about they can adapt to any marketplace and will have a very strong competitive advantage going forward is that fair it's it's fair i can take it one step further uh yeah you need to play on your strengths 
and because that that's what you're the expert at and that's what you know and that's what you can what you can help other people know but you can't pigeonhole yourself into just your strengths mm. because then you won't move forward so on the peripheral of of developing and and your strengths is you need to keep an open mind and go out of your comfort zone in little pieces not dive into something brand new you've never done before do what you know but do a little bit of what you don't know at a time and then as you don't know those things and do them then you begin to know those things and then you become an expert on those things as well which will help you diversify even more and you keep growing yourself in concentric circles in your knowledge and your ability to grow your business mm, and you're building out and you're building out and you're building out love it oh love yeah. it love it love it okay so let's close with this um I think we got where I wanted to go, which was, again, to look at an existing business, a more mature business who says, hey, I need to diversify. He builds off a second platform with a plan. Your plan changed. You didn't fail. Your plan changed. And you're saying, hey, wait, I can back this off and cover some risk by using other platforms. There are tools I can use. You're not a young dude, Mark. You're about my age. We can figure this out at this age. Therefore, anyone could figure it out, right? And that by, by doing that, you're not pivoting, you're not giving up on anything, but you're, like you said, you're not pigeonholing yourself. So I think all this is very good, solid advice and a very good example, hence the reason I wanted to have you on, on what could be. So I want to close with this. How does somebody develop a plan? You know, we're sitting here talking a whole bunch of options and a whole big picture thing. Can you close out with an idea how to create a plan to move forward? Is that too much to ask? No, um, didn't mean to hit a, you with that, but you get what I mean. No, it's 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 not a five second answer. Um, so we we've grown very well over the last eighteen years, but our growth wasn't overnight. Our business model, our growth model, is more like the tortoise than the hare. Mm. Um, we don't speed into ever, anything and fizzle out at the end. We do slow, steady, conservative knowledge-based growth and we do we don't we don't have analysis paralysis but we do enough research in advance to make sure that we're headed in the right direction of is this something that's going to help our business grow and we do small investments at a time so that we can afford to fail and then we'll learn from that failure and reinvest in something else so we always dip our toes in the water before we jump in and make sure that we're heading in the right direction because we, we jump into something that we don't necessarily know a lot about. And sometimes the best way to learn is to get in, not just hmm. research, research, research. At some point in time, you got to pull the trigger and get involved. And so you learn by doing. But we try not to do too much too fast at once. And that helps our growth to be sure and steady, although not as fast as other people may like. Um, that's why we never recommend, you know, quit your day job today and go online tomorrow. Um, keep your day job for, you know, until your uh, side income is enough to support you and make sure you have a good foothold in your business that if something should happen to it, you have alternative avenues to go. Because once you quit your job, you never want to go back. So make sure you have a backup plan. Hmm. 
I think it's perfect. The, I love the way you describe the concentric circles. So take that circle and expand it a little bit, expand it a little bit, and expand it a little bit. And rather than make it a giant, you know, leaps, those small changes over time consistently will give you where you want to go. Okay, perfect. I, I, I think we got to right where I wanted to go. I knew you were the perfect person for it. Um, I really appreciate it because I think you're it's a good demonstration of what could be, and I love the analogy with the tortoise, over time. You can make sudden changes, but boy, that's risky. Um, calculated, small changes, and I'm sure not every change you've made has been successful, right? I'm sure there have been a bunch of things you started down and like, whoops, don't want to go there, or we didn't enjoy that, right? Absolutely, but because we don't go all in up front, um, if it, those, those failures we are, don't, de- don't devastate us, but we learn by them, and, and we'll do better next time, um, something similar, but we'll know what to make different. So every Perfect. failure is a learning experience as long as it doesn't put you out of business. Love it. Okay. So somebody has a follow-up question, best way to get to the bubble man. Well, bubblefast.com is a good way to get to us. Um, you can email me. I will answer it personally, Mark, M-A-R-K, at bubblefast.com. We have a toll-free number. Uh, it's 877-599-SHIP, S-H-I-P. And, and you know, and, and I'm plugging Mark's company. He's not a sponsor or anything like that, but we use them, have for a long time. They'll do custom stuff or they'll help you work through a problem um, if you have a shipping problem, which you will, and you'll have a need. He's a perfect uh, sounding board um, to talk to, and they will take your call. So um, I'll have all those links in the episode. I just appreciate you taking the time, and I appreciate you being so candid because it looks easy. I know it's not. It's a long game, and if you build a business for the long game, you can be as successful as Bubble Fast. And, and, and of course, you have to add Robin in there because she's the brains of the operation. We all know that. So, okay. He's my rock. He's my rock. <laughs> I appreciate it. Hey, thank you so much. I wish you nothing but success. Take care. My pleasure, Stephen. And if there's one thing that's certain, change is going to happen, and it's happening right now, right? So take advantage of this. I really think this is powerful. It was so timely for me. I'm like, who can I get? Ah, Mark Levine, because they've done it. You've heard his stats. You can do this. This is such a great opportunity. We are so lucky to be at this time. EcommerceMomentum.com. Don't forget my sponsors, and don't forget the Toys for Tots campaign. I know I'm pushing it, but, man, it's such an awesome thing because you guys have skills. I know. I know. I've seen it. Blow me out of the water, and yet you can give back in such a meaningful way. It's 250 bucks. You get a free shirt. Jeff will give you a shirt. Just send him a note. Send me a note, whatever it is, and we'll get it to you. It's an awesome time. EcommerceMomentum.com, episode 250 for the Toys for Tots. Take care. Thanks for listening to the E-Commerce Momentum Podcast. All the links mentioned today can be found at ecommercemomentum.com under this episode number. Please remember to subscribe and like us on iTunes.